Good morning, and welcome to Go Crazy at the Nurses Roundtable. I'm Gary. And I'm Kara. What are we going to go crazy with today? Today we're going to continue our discussion over the work environment, and we're going to specifically talk more about the violence and safety in the workplace. What does that look like? I agree. I will continue. So today we are talking about workplace violence with the continuation of our conversation on nurses' working environment. You were doing research regarding this topic. Yeah. What did you come up with? So I was reading a little bit about it, and we th- we've heard several news stories about nurses getting shot or people are a little bit less tolerant of each other and a, a lot more bold. A little bit. <laughs> That's an understatement, right? Yes. COVID, I think, heightened a lot of people's, heightened everybody's stress, but then it also made a lot of people less trusting of people at each other in general in the healthcare environment. But I was reading a little bit, and according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, the rate of injuries from violent attacks against medical professionals grew by 63% from 2011 to 2018. And now that's right before COVID, but I don't think the pandemic has made it better. That's an incredible jump. That's a huge jump. In crime statistics against nurses. Is that just against nurses or against healthcare workers in general? It's against nurses and healthcare workers in general. There was an incident in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where a surgeon was shot to death or shot. Yeah, he was shot to death because he had because the patient had continued back pain after an operation. So, well, we don't often think about that when we go to work. What if this patient doesn't like how, what my treatment plan is or how I carry out my treatment plan and they attack me? What are the consequences of our daily work environment sometimes? The outcome isn't satisfactory. That's true. But there are so many common hazards to healthcare workers. But I think right now, violence is probably at the top of the charts as far as a hazard for nursing and healthcare workers in general. I was listening to an ANA webcast and they were talking about physical hazards. One of the things they pointed out were different general physical hazards, overexertion, slips, trips, and falls. And they had workplace violence as the third most common health hazard for healthcare workers. But I think it's come to the forefront of what's happening, violence against healthcare workers and nurses, that they're definitely, and it's already noted that it's underreported. What we see and what we know, there's more out there than that. What else did you find out? Oh, I was looking, I was thinking broad spectrum, right? Like workplace environment hazards. It's time. How long does it take security to get to you? Or how long does it take your response team to get to you? Some facilities have developed response teams to de-escalate situations. Oh, yes. So you call a response team and then they come to de-escalate it. But there was an incident in Louisiana in January where a man was unsatisfied with the outcome of his parents who were in the intensive care unit and he punched a nurse unconscious. What is the repercussion for him? Is she okay? Who covers her medical bills now that she's been knocked out in the workplace and then at the same time is she going to be scared to come back to work is she going to even want to come back into that unit how's what's the trauma follow-up after that i mean also i wonder what is is, does she press charges does he go to jail what we don't often hear about the repercussion like what happens to this person what is the consequence of their behavior even if it's just irate even if you're in a clinic and you have an irate family member come Mm -hmm. in screaming and yelling and bullying you into a certain type of treatment, right? what is the consequence of their action, right? Do we fire Mm -hmm. them from being able to come back to that clinic? Do we say you're no longer welcome here? Right. We refuse care. That's the other thing. You know, as a nurse, are you able to say, I'm not taking care of you. 
we hear all the time in when you're working in the building, right? The family fired this nurse. They don't want her back or they don't want that tech back or they don't want yes. that doctor. What if I don't want to take care of you either? Right. What if I don't want to be subjected to your kind of abuse. aggression or abuse or right. verbal verbal derogatory statements constantly? What right. if I don't want to come in here and risk being punched in the face because I woke you up the wrong way? Right. If you've already displayed violent behavior right. and then the nurse comes in and says, I don't want to take that assignment because that patient was abusive with me yesterday. Or they're or... threatening my license. They're a threat right. to my license now. Now mm -hmm. they're making it seem as though my care isn't adequate or everything that I'm doing isn't enough. And now when I do it, are you going to sue me or are you going to threaten my license? Then I was reading more about social media and how that people really attack each other. We know people attack each other on social media all the time. You can destroy a surgeon or a physician or nurses, anyone's reputation. Oh, definitely. Just by saying, oh, they didn't do a good job. He didn't do a good job. Don't ever go back here again. And who looks into that? That's just the tip of the iceberg with everything that's going on out there, the the bullying that can be done or the repercussions if you say something on social media that doesn't agree with the narrative of or what the general view is, there can be severe repercussions. There can be you yourself end up being bullied. And so you have to be very careful. I think Social media can, it's a double-edged sword, right? be used for good. There are so many good things that have come out from being able to connect with your friends and family that live so far away. The good aspects, of, let's say the good aspects of Facebook are you get to see those pictures of the baby right. of your new niece or nephew instantly, or you get to connect and talk to someone from high school or from wherever. Those kind of connections that we're able to achieve now, those are great. But then there's the other side of that is the people that get upset with you, a patient or anybody, they weren't satisfied with the care you provided. And then they find you on Facebook or they go look for you on any of the other social media platforms and then they start harassing you or trolling you, mm -hmm. that type of thing. That's a certain type of violence as well. And how do we deal with that? Exactly. I know some hospitals are installing or investing in more secure technology. So they have cameras up everywhere. Even some places have like nurses wearing cameras, like I guess pinned to them. So if someone is getting overly aggressive or they've been flagged as an aggressive family member or an aggressive patient, they can say this is all being recorded. Kind of like the same thing for police officers. Right. There has to be a level of accountability. And we're not saying that medical professionals aren't responsible for their behavior either or mm -hmm. our response because none of us are perfect but the accountability goes both ways right you're there expecting a service you expect to be treated a certain way when you're coming in for the service that you're paying for but then at the same time it doesn't give you the right to overstep and act any way you want right. get that service and then i waver back and forth because i think Okay, now we've entered into this age of where we have to flag aggressive patients or flag family members or people who you think might are going to go in this direction, right? There's a targeted response where your management is notified, the charge nurse or whoever is notified, yes. like we're going to have to deal with this family a certain way or this patient a certain way. Yes. But then I think people who are around and watch that, like I think in ER settings and in clinics, the people in the waiting room watch this person was acting out and they were screaming and yelling and they got what they wanted. Or they got to be seen or in some way it's seen and they got heard faster. So then people come in with that attitude like, well, I can start out nice, but 
if I need to get rough, I will to get what I want. What is the behavior? Because that gets a response. And so are we training society as a whole to right. be more aggressive to get a better, to get what they want? Learned behavior right. of if I throw a fit, is that going to help me get seen by the physician sooner? Whether I'm in the office, at the doctor's office, or I'm at the emergency room or in the clinic, because everybody knows about age caps. All of your scores, everybody has to, everybody wants to get a good score. And if you have an irate patient or family member who can influence the scores that you're going to want to give them that attention and calm them down and make sure everything goes well so that they give you a 10, a nine or a 10. Because right. anything less than that is a zero. Right. So I think that plays into a narrative. I think that we should do the same way that we have. As we have debriefing, right? Mm -hmm. Someone dies, you lose mm -hmm. a patient on any floor. There should be a debriefing moment. And I think a lot of places have moved towards talking about what did we do right? What did we do wrong? How does everybody feel about this situation? Did we do everything we could do? Could we have responded better? And right. so you do that in the instance of a death. And I think when there is a, a work environment hazard that's happened or violence mm -hmm. issue or a safety issue where something has been breached, somehow our level of security was breached. We should have a debriefing on it. I think everybody involved, whether some level of, hey, how do you feel like we handled that? Do you think that the security response time was fast enough? Are you okay? Is this going to affect you when you come back to work? I don't know how. I, I have yet to see that. And I've had a couple of experiences where personally, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. The halls are dark. Everybody's asleep. And I'm in a pediatric unit. And a psych patient somehow ended up in my facility fully in a psychotic break. His head was covered up with a towel. We don't know how he got there. He's just sitting in the middle of our, in, like inside the unit waiting room, not speaking to anyone. We don't know if he's aggressive. And it's me and one other female employee there to navigate this situation, right? He's in the basement somewhere dealing with the ER because they never stop, right? Our distress button. But it's still up to me to guide this right. man safely out of the unit and then try to figure out how he got there. And right. so... For me, it meant a lot that the head of security later called me later a couple of days and said, hey, you were the one who was there. How do you feel about this situation? What do you think we could have done better? Right. When and what had happened was our behavioral unit wasn't locked down yet. So he just walked right out of the unit that he was supposed to be restricted to, found an in facility inpatient elevator and went straight up to the first floor that he could get off on. Uh, okay. That could have been potentially hazardous for any one of our little kids who right. was there unaccompanied. Right. To mention the staff, if we had have approached him aggressively, you don't know what he's there for. Yep. But follow-up is so important. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's, I don't see a lot of discussion on that, uh, a lot about the follow-up. I agree. I do think that those debriefings are very helpful. And also nurses and the general support staff as well have ideas and they're on the floor 24-7. So they may see something that upper management or leadership is not seeing as far as how we can make the environment safer. Because what's our goal? Our goal is to make the environment safer. So if there is that type of violent attack or that type of shooting or that type of physical violence against a nurse that happens, how can we make it better? What can we do to prevent this type of event from happening. And if it's, I think that recent shooting that happened, it was a family member or friend or something that was able to get into the unit. Can we look at that policy again? Let's look at that visitation policy again. 
and let's see if there's something that we could have done and then kept moving forward. What can we do to change that? Because if you're going to put the staff at risk, it's better to make the changes. And that just goes towards behavior in general. If you have good behavior, that's going to be rewarded with the more availability of visitation or the more opening of our hospital policy or our facility policy, no matter where we are, to be able to allow more visitors. But if this type of event is happening, then we need to protect our staff because we need to think about the patient and how that's going to affect the entire patient population. If nurses are afraid to come to work because they're worried about their safety, then, you know, that damages the whole system, which ultimately damages the patients as well. I think moving forward too, we do safety. We have safety checks, right, in place for mm-hmm. kids in school. They have to go through drills and what happens if this happens? Do we need to have safety plans? We do have safety plans, but do we go over them as a facility? Like, where's your exit? How are you getting out? Right. What is your responsibility to your patients? Right. Mm -hmm. If there's an active shooter, if there's a bomb threat, we go over them once every few years, but maybe we should do them more frequently. Where are the panic buttons located? Does everybody in the unit, even we have so many travelers and so such high turnover, does everybody know the steps to take to even get to a panic button where the fire exit is or where the stairs are or et cetera? It goes on and on. And then who do I go to for help if I feel like it's been linear? It's been my coworker. I've been subjected to a coworker who backed me into a room and was yelling in my face, almost in a physical alter- altercation. I was so shook up. I didn't know what to do. Do I'm in charge right now and this has happened to me. Do I call security to deal with my coworker? Do I right. go, where's my manager after hours? They're not there. How do I handle this situation? Who do I go to get something done or to have, how do we deescalate? I right? do think something that the generation arriving now or the nurses and staff that are working now I don't know that they encountered that type of confrontation as much as some of the more experienced nurses and staff have. Because when I first started in nursing, I did encounter that as well. I did have a senior person, and it was more than one senior person, just get in my face and Mm -hmm. say, turn that alarm off or make those alarms stop going off or that type of thing. Just in my face saying, go do that right now. I think that type of behavior is not acceptable. When I first became a nurse, that type of behavior was allowed. However, now that wouldn't even be tolerated. That would not be tolerated. A nurse would definitely, I think a nurse would go running to a leader, a manager or director or something. If anyone approached them and got in their face, if any manager or coworker got in their face and yelled at them for something, I think they would be quick to report it. What do you think about that? Do you think nurses are more willing to report things like that or do you think they're still not Uh, underreporting? I think it's still underreported. I think it depends, obviously, on the person that's being bullied or the person that's being attacked, right? Their personal experiences are. Mm -hmm. Are they going to be paralyzed with fear? Have they had overcome other traumas? Is this a familiar situation? Do they know their rights? A lot of it comes down to, do you know your rights? And I think as nurses, are we come into this position of, I'm here to serve you and I'm here to take care of you. And we set ourselves aside to do this job, right? Because this is part of our work to care and to love and to give these services. A lot of times we don't realize our rights, even when it comes to the patients and the family members violating them with their demands and attitudes and verbal aggression. 
No, I definitely agree. I think that it's just very important for nurses to be aware of the process and of their facilities policies, whether it's physical safety, knowing in general policies address the issue when nurses and staff are onboarded. All right, that's all the time we have for today. We'd love to continue to hear your thoughts and opinions. And remember, whatever life means you today, don't go crazy. So email us, drop us a line at gocrazy at the nursesroundtable.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast.